0: AutoLine Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, passion for excellence. This is AutoLine Daily for August 9, 2010, and now the news. Chrysler posted its second quarter earnings today and the results continue to be encouraging. Even though the company had a net loss of $172 million, it posted an operating profit of $183 million. It also boosted its revenues to $10.5 billion, which is $800 million more than it brought in during the first quarter. Chrysler says that the increase in revenue came from selling more vehicles, and this is where it gets interesting. Chrysler's worldwide sales were up 22%, which means it's now growing faster outside of the American market. The company ended the quarter with $7.8 billion in cash, about a half a billion more than at the end of the first quarter. In fact, things are looking so good that Chrysler says it will probably upgrade its guidance for the year when it reports its results for the third quarter. Detroit automakers dominated the sales charts in Canada last month. Wards reports that the combined big three posted an 18% gain compared to 2009. Overall, their Asian and European competitors suffered single-digit losses. Total light vehicle deliveries were up 2.1% compared to July of last year, totaling nearly 150,000 units. On a percentage basis, Chrysler was the biggest winner, posting a 35% increase. GM was second in total volume, right behind Ford. For the first seven months of the year, Canadian light vehicle sales are up 8.6% from the same period in 2009. First, we heard Honda complain of the high value of the yen. Now it's Toyota's turn. Bloomberg reports that Toyota says it is not feasible to make cars like the Yaris and Corolla in Japan and export them and still make a profit. The company is trying to figure out ways to cut manufacturing costs on those cars and looking at moving production out of Japan to low-cost countries like Thailand and Mexico. The Japanese yen is currently running at 85 to the dollar, But many economists believe the yen will strengthen even more, perhaps reaching 80 or even 75 yen to the dollar. And that ties into this next story. Scion redesigned its TC Coupe for the 2011 model year, the car's first update since 2004. And according to Wards, the company is going to stretch the product cycle for another six years. This is a longer-than-usual update schedule. Most manufacturers refresh their products every four years and completely redesign them every eight. Dragging out the life cycle for a half-dozen years suggests the company is not able to recoup its investment in four years, and the strong yen is undoubtedly affecting this. Now, we move on to China volkswagen which is already the largest automaker in china announced it will be bringing the skoda brand to the chinese market where according to gascoot the company will introduce the skoda yeti next year along with its partner saic it will be positioned below the vw tiguan and is expected to compete with the hyundai tucson kia sportage and nissan Qashqai. while car sales are starting to slow down in china they are booming in india According to Gascoop, sales were up nearly 40% in July compared to a year ago to just about 160,000 units. Those are pretty puny numbers, but that's the highest total ever recorded by the Society of Indian Automobile Manufacturers. Automakers are expanding fast in the country due to strong economic growth and demand for cars. In fact, car sales are expected to pass 1.7 million units, for the fiscal year ending in March. Hey, what does it feel like saving a car company? Well, it turns you into a hero. That's what it does. We'll let you hear what one top car company executive experienced after he swooped in to save an icon
1: introducing Bridgestone's
0: third generation of run-flat tires with groundbreaking new Bridgestone technologies. Bridgestone run-flat tires offer improved ride comfort, lower rolling resistance, and improved wear while giving you the peace of mind and comfort you need. Victor Muller is a Dutchman, but he's a hero in Sweden, especially in and because he saved Saab, and that's where Saab is headquartered. Recently, we asked Muller how the people of Sweden have received him since he swooped in to rescue the company,
1: it's hard to describe the uh, warmth and enthusiasm that Saab has generated in this town, and 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 me personally is just mind blowing. The way you're being received here is uh, like a true uh, long lost son, a hero, which of course is a bit uh, exaggerated, but you know that's the way they perceive it, and. Uh, to some extent, I can understand it because had Saab failed, had Saab con- discontinued, this town would have become, well, less like a ghost town. I'm sure. I would reckon that you know some 60% of the business in town is basically directly linked to Saab, so it would have become like um, a pretty uh, nasty place to live. So in that sense, I understand that they uh, directly link their their continued uh, existence here with uh, the saving of Saab. But uh, it is really remarkable. It's really remarkable. And uh, there's such gratitude uh, for, uh, for saving Saab. And uh, you know, we just did our job. That's it.
0: Of course, Saab has not been saved, not just yet. The company has an enormous amount of work to do, and most analysts believe it can only survive in the long run if it gets bought out by another automaker. And that is it for today's top news in the global automotive industry. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.